0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast, hope everyone's doing okay, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate you massively, we are back with another interview with another fantastic band, this week we are speaking to the drummer of Evil Scarecrow Jordan, how are you sir? Oh, very well, mate. How's yourself? Yes, not too bad. Not too bad. We were just discussing how much of a pain in the ass this was to sort out, just because of not either one of us. Just work life. It's uh, it's hard, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I, other than being a scarecrow, I manage a bar as well. Ah, oh, so fantastic. It's, everything's been pretty hectic, to be fair. And since I took over, basically everyone's either got COVID or I have no staff because I don't want to work during COVID, and everybody's <sighs> terrified. So. Isn't basically it? every every time we had this scheduled i would then have to go into work like half an hour prior
0: yeah. <laughs> no it's all cool it's all cool i was gonna say i've not even hang on one second i've just realized this is how unprofessional i am i've not even got my notes up give me 30 seconds <laughs> da, da, da. so how is Ooh. how's things been obviously post um COVID and everything how have you been personally and how's the band been affected how that kind of stuff
1: yeah, I mean, everything's been we're starting to see like glimmers of everything getting back to normal now. With um, the fact that we had the last tour, we've got gig dates in March, we're still going through bits and bobs of stuff being rescheduled and sort of shuffled around. But that's, I mean, there are so many factors to take into account, including the safety of the venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the promoters obviously deserve to have as many people in as possible, yeah. Of course. So, we don't want to sort of uh. At the height of the risk where people are being admitted into hospital left, right and centre, chances are that the promoters aren't going to get the people they need in to make their bottom line. Mm. So we just we just we kind of go with the flow. You know, we just want to make sure everything's comfortable for everyone.
0: Absolutely. I guess you kind of see it from both sides of the angle. Obviously, being a bar manager yourself, you know what it's like just managing, manning a bar, a venue and everything else. So
1: that's kind yeah, of. Yeah, for and- sure, man. Yeah, that's uh, it's just, you know, you can you can sort of tell everywhere is still kind of quiet. Mm. But, you know, people are still saving money after Christmas and it was like a six week and people are just waiting to get, you know, waiting to get their cash back so they can go out drinking again
0: absolutely and january is always a well not even in january start of february but yeah january is always a weird month anyway and february is the same so sure but um yeah so i want to kind of delve back into the early days if i can um and sort of who got you into music what what sort of spurred you to get into music was it family or friends how did you get into music
1: it's my grandmother. I used to. I used to get bullied quite. A, I used to get bullied quite a lot at school. And I used to have like um, just a really shitty time of it. And I used to get like really frustrated. So my grandmother bought a really beaten down four piece CB drum kit, which is mm-hmm. an absolute diabolical piece of shit. <laughs> but she was just like, you know, if you ever get frustrated, then take it out on this. And that was, you know, like what sixteen years ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I was always like, I was. Pretty much how I look now, just with less tattoos. I was always like a little Grebo. Yeah, I always listen to. I'm I'm a bit more of an old soul when it comes to music now. I say anything from like the 50s to 70s and 80s, like Dio and Zeppelin and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, up until you know, like really hardcore industrial death metal. I sort of and reggae and pop. Like I listen to yeah. everything.
0: That that's the best way. I, I believe there's no such thing as guilty pleasure. So
1: that's exactly what I say, <laughs> man. You know, I think you're cutting your workout for yourself if you just if you're one of these music elitist you sort of put yourself in a box and there's so much amazing stuff out there it's like you know you're cutting your nose off to spite your face a little bit
0: absolutely i always find nowadays that um as i'm getting older i'm sort of I, I'm less hateful towards music don't get me wrong there's still some things I'm like no fuck that band that's rubbish or whatever but most of the time I'm just indifferent I'm like it's not doing it for me and that's
1: fine like that's can I I try not to be too abrasive with mm. what I say When it, I mean back in the day I would be like oh god this is garbage <laughs> but nowadays I'm sort of like I understand why you like it but it's not for me yeah you absolutely know? because I think you know to a certain extent the bands aren't around they can't hear you talking about them so it seems more like an attack on the person personality the person that you're talking to Mm -hmm. so if you just go oh that's shit they kind of go all right i'm sorry yeah (laughs) absolutely and that's the thing as well
0: like so i personally in terms of the podcast thing i only have instagram and facebook i don't deal with twitter because twitter is a fucking cesspit so like how do you kind of do you personally have to manage that thing and uh, because the way that it is now it's never like it was back in the day you couldn't go up to a band and go i don't like your album and that's like you know
1: that's fairly uh not abrasive we say that but i get it all the time do you? <laughs> i was gonna say no, but i like it when people are honest mm, and they they seem yeah. overly surprised when we then reply with yeah it's not for everyone and then yeah and then they're confused, like, And then I'll offer to buy them a beer and they'll be like, do you understand what just happened? I just told you your band was shit. And I'm like, meh, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, So you mentioned your, your, your grandma was the reason why you sort of got into drums. Um, Who was the sort of early inspirations for you in terms of being a drummer in
1: that sense? Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater. Like, I tried to run before I could walk. So I was watching videos of, like, literally the fastest and best drummers in the world whilst just playing, like, AC, DC, 4, 4 beats. You know, all these, like, complicated double kick riffs and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And I just, like, couldn't even reach the pedals.
0: <laughs> amazing, amazing. I was going to say, um, Dream Theater are one of those bands where people say the word Dream Theater and or prog, and everyone goes, huh, they're coming out in hives. But if you
1: listen to Dream Theater, fucking brilliant.
0: So like... Incredible. I mean,
1: <laughs> again, like I, I agree, but I see it. you have like, you know, Jordan Rudess, one of the best keyboardists in the world. You mm-hmm. used to have Mike Portnoy, You have now you have Mike Mangini, one of the best drummers in the world. Both. Two of the best drummers in the world. Absolutely. John Myung, the most incredible bassist. John Petrucci, Who's the most incredible guitarist and Jens beat on vocals? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, the thing, isn't for it? Me, for me, the vocals have always let me down for Dream Theater, but you can't just like it's kind of a, it's kind of a slap in the face to have that entire list and then it's just like and it's James. <laughs>
0: See, I I actually I was unashamedly and I still am unashamedly a Dream Theater fan, but it was a case of. I didn't know that was a thing. So I just went up to my friend my metal friends that I made in when I got into the into the scene and stuff and was like, Oh my god, have you had this band dream Theater? They're like did you just say you've had a dream theater? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they're great. He's like, yeah, everything's great. Been around since the 70s. <laughs> yeah, everything's great but the vocals. And it was just or a thing. Vocals. And it was like,
1: oh, I didn't realize it was a thing. So <laughs> Again, he's got great range and he can mm. really hold it. But I think, um, I think for me it's just the tonality of his voice. Yeah, yeah. Some parts, again, that's why I shy away from people like Miles Kennedy and stuff like that. Vocals yeah. that are a bit too nasally rather than guttural and from the diaphragm are just, they just sort of set me off the wrong way. <laughs> Absolutely. And the other thing,
0: that so, Alter Bridge are a good example of a band who are musically very talented, but to watch on stage is about as droll as watching paint dry, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, this is it. Like, <laughs> certain bands, I mean, my favourite band is Opeth, you know, again, okay. going back to prog yeah. and technical mm-hmm. bands. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, to a point, as a showman myself, I I would love being in a room with Opeth, Mm -hmm. but if I wanted to see it played so spectacularly, I could just be playing a CD, and if you all want to stand in the same spot for the entire (laughs) fucking show, it's like uh yeah great this is banging in the hands of my favourite song but you know fucking dance or something yeah <laughs> like... absolutely absolutely <sighs> um, so yeah obviously
0: speaking to proof quite quite nice actually um so as I said this interview's gonna be sort of all over the shop so I hope you I hope you're cool um speaking of a show I've seen Evil Scarecrow a couple of times you guys put on a show would be a, a sentence I would use in relation to you guys certainly not <laughs> <putting> my
1: yeah. <laughs> that's the sort of the same reply as when somebody asked me what kind of band evil Skirker is and I'll just still to this day go uh, <laughs> and then walk away yeah <laughs> yeah i see so how how does um
0: the obviously there's many sort of different parts to the to the stage show, I guess because like i say i've I've only seen you guys twice both at bloodstock coincidentally but I still, I'm kind of getting a grasp on it. If that makes mm. sense, there's like, for example, and I'm probably going to sound like such a, a noob or whatever in comparison to people who who sort of love your band. But the robot thing, where how mm. did that become a thing? What what is the thing? The story behind so,
1: that? So, I mean, again, there's I think that's an amalgamation of aspects, and mm-hmm. bearing in mind that I'm I'm technically still the baby of band, the baby mm-hmm. of the band. Um, my tenure has been a lot sort of shorter than everybody else's well i mean i think i'm 11 years with scarecrow now yeah but like you've got dr hell our front man who is a massive 80s baby Mm. loves all those old kind of sci-fi films and stuff like that like he runs a creative agency that's what he does for a living like the Ah, robotron t-shirts um uh like where it says you know uh 10 boot up, like, 20, kill all humans, 30, <laughs> C, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, a little bit of computer code. So yeah. I think it was just – I would assume that it started with the dance because that's yeah. how – like, we don't start writing guitar riffs yeah. like a normal band. <laughs> Somebody will do a stupid dance and we'll go, great, now we have to write a song around that because that's fucking genius. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that is how it will expand. And then it'll go from the dance into a song, into ridiculous lyrics, into, you know um, – gravedigger our new guitarist who used to build the props he still has like a massive hand in that mm. uh, an incredible guitar player so good to have him on board but you know he we went from these shitty little cardboard box sort of things to us throwing ideas at him and he'll go yeah i'll, I'll see what i can do and then i'll walk into the practice room in this fucking eight foot animatronic robot and we're like "What the fuck did that come from we just said to speak this yeah. big. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you know the robot thing. It could it could be one of any things. It could be mm. the dance. It could be the nerdy stuff. It could be the '80s kids in the band, um, or it just could be because we are a silly collection of bastards.
0: <laughs> but that 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 brings me on quite nicely because yeah, as you say, a, a silly collection of bastards, but a fucking good band. And also, like, you take your music seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. And I yeah. think that that's a good thing, in my opinion.
1: Well, yeah, man, like, knocking on what we were saying earlier about Metal Elites and stuff like that, it's like Mm. people, the people who don't understand the band flat out just Mm. don't see, it's not like I don't look like the most, you know... I'm, I'm it's clearly a metalhead, but to see us up there in corpse paint as well and they're like all right we're onto something here then we start dancing around with big shit eating grins on our face no this isn't right no i don't like it i'm off (laughs) out i think it's just you have to have a good time i think (laughs) i started out as a fan of scarecrow um but they are the nicest most easygoing collection of people and if you're going to spend an inordinate amount of time with people on the road over a massive amount of uh, over so many years, mm. you want it to be a nice, relaxed, easygoing, fun, you know, sort of experience. Otherwise, there's no point. In, no point in getting out of bed for it. Absolutely, and that that's the thing. So again, going back to
0: sort of dislikes and likes about certain types of music, like I have a uh, uh, disdain for like power metal just because right. I, I think it's just too wacky to have some But when I saw you guys, I was dragged along by a group of friends from Hull and shouted my whole crew to going to Bloodstock. They're like, you'll love a musical Scarecrow. It's fun. I was like, okay, fine. I know it." And for the first couple of songs, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. But everybody else around me was going fucking mad and having a great yeah. time. And it's that infectious energy. And I was like, oh, actually, that guitar player is really good. The drummer's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you know And it starts start
1: <laughs> picking it apart from yeah. the musical aspect. It's like, but because everybody's having so much fun, I, most of our reviews mm. are very few. It's very few and far between when they're about the musicianship. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be about the crowd having the best time. It'll be about the social uh, the social aspect. It'll be about you know um, us just having fun with people, and it's it's more about creating a sort of symbiotic relationship with the crowd, and it just being really wholesome and welcoming. Um, and especially with the times that we're having at the moment, I think it's more important than ever. Absolutely, because that's the thing. I, you know, I, I don't doubt that all of you
0: collectively have the ability to sit down and, you know, quote unquote, be a serious band. For, yeah, you know, I mean, if and we wanted could write to it... work
1: out a decent, you know, if we wanted um, to put this very serious metal album out, we we could churn it out in no time. Especially with Dean, like I said, uh, as a new addition. Uh, he's already on to writing new stuff for the new album and sending his snippets, and I'm just like, fucking yes! <laughs> it sounds amazing. But, amazing. I mean, it will take away the heart and soul of what the band is and what it's Absolutely. represented for so many years.
0: Absolutely. So when did um, when did you sort of jump on the Evil Scarecrow train? What what
1: sort of year did you join? So I've been in the band coming up to 12 years now. Oh, okay, so fantastic. Where are we? So yeah, 2010, 2009 ish. Cool. I was a fan of them before that. I'd seen the band uh, in venues in Nottingham, like the old engine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Before I joined the band, while the old drummer was still playing, they'd take me on the road to see Bits and Bobs and what have you. Mm. Um, again, because I, you know, I was a very serious metalhead at the time. I was that sort of metal elitist guy, but at the same time, I'd just go and go, this is fucking hilarious. This is the most fun I've ever had at a gig ever.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> love that. So uh, I'm assuming you would, be, would have been part of uh, the Galactic Hunt record. And obviously that was the, my first album. Fantastic! How did you find that experience, sort of writing, collaborating with the guys?
1: Quite easy. Like I, mm. so I, I write at home all the time. I've been um, in bands prior to Scarecrow, mm-hmm. and be it lyrics or guitarists or drums or whatever. So I'd spent a lot of time in the studios, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that was our first for uh, into stuff like click tracks and recording. Mm-hmm in a very standard sort of way. And it was the first time we got to work with Russ Russell, who's done so many amazing bands. He's worked with Dimmu Borgir and Carcass and, oh, fantastic, you know, Napalm Death and all that. So we were just like, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you say. <laughs> and uh, one of the loveliest guys in the world, by the way, Russ, mm. I miss you very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. Um, so yeah. And then obviously onto the the next one, which is channel. Is it four? I'm not sure on my Roman numerals. I do apologize. Chapter Four. Yeah, it's Chapter, chapter four. four. Yeah, um, and how did how did that sort of differ with same again in terms of recording and things? And well, no, because technically,
1: well, mm-hmm. not technically. Actually, it's a um, a concept album. Ah, okay, fair enough. So yeah. each track tells a story, but again, the the thing I'm not sure if we've spoke about this in interviews before, but <laughs> stuff like um, so Garganager, who is the big slug that's on the t-shirts and stuff, who's yeah. the bad guy in this whole. You know epic fucking magical mystery right whatever you want to call it
0: yeah um,
1: um is the name of an alcohol that matt was Aye. drinking when he was in the studio and Amazing. then the woman who's on antarctica who is Russ's daughter who did some right. vocals for us uh, her name's Elise because obviously alize they were drinking that in yes. the studio as well so everything <laughs> everything that's named after something is like the piss heads we are named after some alcoholic beverage it's all it's all interlinked i love it i love it yeah (laughs) Uh, so yeah that was really fun like we um i think we're a bit behind with the writing but i mean Mm. with stuff like antarctica the title track coming up uh, i don't know nine ten minutes or something ridiculous Mm -hmm. we've played it live a handful of times but musically i think antarctica is my favorite to date
0: yeah i was gonna say do you you have a particular song that you sort of look at in the set list and think
1: yes that's that's the one Unfortunately, it's not really there anymore, but I will always have a lot of love for War and Seek because it's a song that made me like the band. Okay, fantastic. That was the first Evil Scarecrow song that I ever heard, and it still remains this day to be one of my favourites to play. And probably the simplest. It's not, it's not overly challenging, but it's just a good, simple, pounding metal track. You know, yeah. it's one of those that just does exactly what it says on the tin
0: absolutely absolutely i mean i mean you are the drummer in the band won't you You, uh, put it forward and get
1: (laughs) petition we need
0: to put yeah that's true yeah
1: play all the fucking songs that i want to play scumbags (laughs) yeah it doesn't really work that way i just sit in the back and go all right
0: then (laughs) (laughs) i love that love that um, so obviously, being uh, an active touring musician yourself, and obviously touring uh, lots of random places and, and all over the round of the world and things, obviously, I imagine you have seen some funny sights. Have you got any uh, good tour stories and things that you can tell us on
1: here? More than you can possibly imagine. Okay. Um... If you... <laughs> uh... It's hard. There's. <clears throat> possibly millions <laughs> um oh i'll tell you what, i'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you our collective favorite so this okay. is still when um brother pain was still in the band mm-hmm. and we it was our first time ever it's my first time ever out of the country with the band and we were going to play hard rock hell in ibiza mm-hmm. in san antonio very strange thing within itself the dance yeah. capital of the world <laughs> yeah. but the the guys that run hard rock hell chic mm-hmm. festivals that's where they're all from they all live in spain right for so sure. we we're like yeah this would be great um so i was very young and um not very responsible at the time so (laughs) the day before we were set to fly is when my passport arrived amazing (laughs) so that's how closely i got that i didn't have a passport before yeah so yeah so we we land um and we're like yeah we'll go out for a drink so the start of the story is just trying to find this rock bar that we've been told about and we must have been walking for forty-five minutes around it, just yes. in a circle. <laughs> and then we finally found it. It's this bar called the Penguin.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it all. My favourite part of the story is probably the climax, where at the end, um, through a hail of vomit, you just have Brother Payne just going, "Oh, just, I've been here for two fucking hours, and you lot have got me fucking." <laughs> and that, that I think we're our feet were in Spain for about two hours, and we were annihilated <laughs> just absolutely and I got up the next day and just couldn't do anything we're like yeah tomorrow we'll get up we'll do breakfast to we'll do that it's like no nobody got out of bed nobody yeah. did fucking anything
0: so, yeah that's quite a fun story that's the thing as well like they they never tell you when you're younger and you sort of drink when you're younger and you think when you have a hangover you think you're invincible it gets worse like my hangovers now are like two or three days long it's actually disgusting. oh i've
1: been i've been absolutely fine yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah i'm i'm probably still the party animal of the band to be fair (laughs) um so much so that if we're in a different city Hmm. i used to not be allowed out of eye shot of everyone in the band (laughs) because i would just disappear and i would i was really bad as well man like i'd be late for you know a meeting time to go to a gig or i just wouldn't get up um but i've you know the band has taken precedent It's gotten more serious and i've tried to you know sort myself out a little bit but I'd still go to our manager, Jen, who's amazing, and ask yeah. her permission for things now. Say <laughs> so we're in Glasgow, and I'm like, right, I know you guys are going to a hotel, but I'm going to the cat house to drink until five in the morning. She'd like to see you in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, bye. <laughs> so, uh, so so, the van leaves at five, and you will
0: be there? Yeah, well, i will be at five to five. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it.
1: As long as I get my ass back into the hotel and get a couple of hours of sleep, because I can sleep anywhere. So I'll just mm-hmm. get in the van and fall asleep on the way to whatever city's next. And then yeah. when they wake me up, I'm like, cool, where the fuck are we? I have no idea what's going on. <laughs>
0: so you're a born musician if you can fall asleep anywhere
1: that's, oh man i am in the footwell of the van under underneath people's feet because i'm like if i don't sleep i'll just be a grouchy cunt and oh, fuck me i am yeah no absolutely that's the thing don't don't talk to him
0: before you've had coffee at least yeah no that's it or another beer you know yeah, no, that's the,
1: the different <laughs> lives we lead i'm coming off as like a right wino in this podcast Oh it's fine. It's fine. That beer out. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: fine. it's fine. So um obviously your bloodstock performance this year. Was it this year? No, it was last year, wasn't it? Last year. Last year we, our headline yeah. set, yeah. Yeah. How was that for you guys? Because from where I was
1: standing it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Just so overwhelming. I never thought I'd get the chance to headline. I haven't missed a Bloodstock since 2007, Mm. other than um, COVID and stuff like that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and my other half have been to every Bloodstock since 2007. And I think it was the general consensus of the band. We knew that we'd never headline the main stage, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, but it'd be a dream come true Mm. if they let us headline the Sophie stage. And I think they were kind of... It kind of worked out in our favour, but I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that They needed, at the time, a band that they know could pull a crowd.
0: Yeah.
1: um, Because there were so many European bands and American bands they couldn't get over, you know, stuff like that. Um, But, you know, that were at a certain level. Mm. And I think from... I think we've done Bloodstock Proud with the shows that we've put on. Mm. But that would be the biggest performance we've ever done. Um, But, I mean, in no small part to the fact that Bloodstock has essentially put us on the map from what they've allowed us to do you know just get up there and be silly bastards but and on the biggest uk platform we owe a massive amount of gratitude to bloodstock for sure
0: absolutely and that that's that's something that i heard quite a lot over the weekend was just like um and i mean this the most lovely way uh evil scarecrow are like the bloodstock house band house band yeah Yeah, yeah. and it's just like (laughs) you go there you drink beer you know you're gonna have a good time like it's just like those things just work together in that way. So. Well, it's
1: little details as well, man. I think it was in like 2014, we arrived at the second stage and they had a, uh, the picture of us on main stage hanging above the bar. Right. And yeah. then, and then when Judas Priest headlined, they had it in Judas Priest, like little compound. Yeah. So nice. when Judas Priest were walking back to their um, dressing rooms, the first thing they saw was us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, l- I love the thought of. That's great. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. So, um, yeah, did did you get to see many uh, many bands at Bloodstock then? Obviously being the headliner, was it just an in and out drop
1: kind of thing for you guys? No, 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 man, we camp. We, I was camping oh, since Wednesday uh, oh, every cool. time. Yeah, man, like um, I'll be in Midgard, like in the mud. With I was everyone, gonna say bro. you look like a Midgardian. Like, oh fucking hell, yeah, <laughs> man! Everyone's like, yeah. The thing is, like Matt um, goes and sets up his glamping site. Like they always do the camper van mm. thing. And that's kind of nice to have as a base because, yeah. like, when we're feeling, you know, a bit like just battered from yeah. Midgard, <laughs> they have the, the most incredible, like, glamping sights out so we can go over and chill with them and have a bit of a beer. But yeah, man, like, I've learned how to sleep to the sound of two bins crashing into each other. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, uh, so not that that's allowed. Nobody no, that is dusting. not allowed. It's not allowed, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. So. I have the, uh, it's a quick story, but um, to do with binge-ousting, the first year that I camped, so I went uh, 2017 I stayed in a hotel, and then 2018, 2019, I, I camped. Um, first time I camped, about four in the morning, I want to guess. So bear in mind, I'm not in Midgard, I'm in the the one next to Midgard. That's prime binge jousting time, right? There. All right. <laughs> and bear in mind, I am pr- pretty drunk. I was like, is, is the world ending? Well, that's when the disco kicks out, right? Yeah. So obviously, it, everybody's sort of more or less going to their tents. Just like, it was just a chant We need bins. Wait. And I was like, What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Honestly, it sounded like an army was coming over the hill.
1: I can't, like, I, I can't I, recall ever hearing that chant, but that's such a bloodstock chant. Which Actually, is, to be fair, that sounds like the start of a scarecrow. That was the thing. It was, We need
0: bins. <sighs> and then it was followed up by one more bin, one more bin. <laughs> So I'm... somebody was clearly supplying them just not enough <laughs> that, that is the thing and um i know uh, again i'm not liable for this but um i know that bloodstock say that it's very banned and it's all allowed somehow they managed to get them they get them from somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah i mean they have to have bins on there yeah you know, no. from a sanitary perspective like <laughs> they have to they have to do their due diligence but yeah they're... Over the years, it seems more bins. Somebody must go to another campsite and push one to Midgard. <laughs> to, to which my question is: How the fuck are you getting that past security? It's not a little bottle of vodka, mate. No, if <laughs> you've got a fucking massive bin, you're like nothing to see here, pals. I'm just wheeling it in. So, oh, the, the, funny
0: story about Midgard is I genuinely I don't know how they so basically somewhere there was a group of people and everyone was like cheering and watching. So I was like, What's the first on it. So I walked over and they had made a circle of um beer cans and well. someone had brought a dildo don't know who don't know whose dildo it was and they were lobbing the dildo to see if they could get it inside the circle of beer can- <laughs> so basically like a, a dildo can i tell you winks. something that's probably
1: not going to surprise you go on i know who that person is <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly who that is
0: oh uh, i love that i love that yeah. right let's Let's get back to. uh Told you West, you know, Crow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 2022, obviously, COVID. Yes. You know, I'm touching all the wood in the room. Um, is on its back way out, uh, and everything sort of is getting back to some sort of normality. What does yeah. 2022 look like for you guys, in, from what you can announce and say?
1: So, um, we have our tour, um, sort of like a mini tour that's happening in March. We also have. Uh, again, we were meant to be doing Hard Rock Hell Spring Break, but that's been rescheduled. Um, I think this year, from the discussion that we've had, I think if we do any shows, there'll be... Oh, we we also have, what uh, on the 4th of April, I think it's the 4th, mm. it might be the 9th. This is not good for details, that's is okay. it? It's okay, Google, April, Google, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> in April, we are headlining our hometown, uh, Rock City. I mean, you must have heard of Rock City. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. So we've we've done that a couple of times, but that'll be a big show, um, yeah. and there will be some awesome surprises on that show. Nothing that we've announced yet, mm, but no,
0: of course.
1: nobody wants to miss that show. Seriously, so yeah, that's if, awesome. If if you're a fan of the band of the last ten last ten years, basically, you'll want to come and see that show. Well, hey. But other than that, I I think we are so yeah doing larger shows, but in the meantime, um, doing our best to put an album together yeah no. so we have obviously we recently released master of the dojo that mm-hmm. is one of three tracks that we already have recorded oh, fantastic.
0: um
1: and like i said dean's squirreling away um behind the scenes writing some amazing stuff uh i think over the next couple of months we're just going to try and hone in on that get get together as much as possible get some stuff written. it um and unfortunately i don't have a timeline for it we no, don't no, really of want course, to, to these things yeah no, but, uh, yeah
0: cracking on cracking on with at least another album fantastic stuff. as i say everything's kind of been thrown to the shit the last two years so it'd be nice to get some normality and everything else because as i say doing this uh podcast and stuff album releases I've just been my inbox has just been flooded with stuff and I'm like I yeah. can't do all of this like I, I see it's just, good, it's a good time man people are getting yeah. back to it you know absolutely absolutely <laughs> um John I don't want to take too much more of your time my friend um because we've all got busy lives and things but um I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast and uh, man you're more than welcome to you thank you so much for having me no absolutely fine is there anything else you would like to say plug yeah I-, I will leave the floor as yours my friend <laughs>
1: I think we're all I think we're all done I yeah. think Eddie, with these interviews, the more you let me talk, the more we run a risk of me saying more embarrassing things about the band. No, that's, I, I don't think anyone's about, apart from you're a wino, but that's, that's fair. Because, <laughs> yeah, that I, seems like the best I, place to end.
0: I said that, not you. It's fine. <laughs> cool. It we, all
1: going so well.
0: No. <laughs> what you can't see, viewers, is, is he's downing a bottle of wine. I said it was, uh... no, it's not, Yeah, it's just not.
1: above the, uh, just above the camera here, I have optics on the back with four bottles of whiskey. <laughs> Oh, that'd be amazing. I need to install that in this fucking studio,
0: for sure. That, that's, uh, that's coming soon for the Evil Scarecrow Tour. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, what what
1: just... what can you announce for the band? Well, I'm having a lot of whiskey installed in my studio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> amazing stuff. Right, I'm going to do the quote-unquote fake goodbye, um, and then I'll quickly talk to you after, but um, thank you so much for coming on. We will see you next Tuesday with a guest. My scheduling's all over the place, so I can't say who it is, but look on socials and stuff, and you'll see. Any else, my friends? Bye, Jordan! Thanks very much! Ladies. Bye, bye, bye!
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,